<laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You Let's ready? Do it. You tell. You tell mm-hmm. me when you're ready to rip. I'm ready. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode forty of the Point of Pittsburgh, the podcast. I am Kevin Craig, and I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, I see you're in your uh, kitted out, brand new studio that you have at your house, uh, which also. Um, just from a cost-effective standpoint, I want to congratulate you. Doubles as your bathroom. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I thought I sounded great last week, and and that's really the kind of experience that we're giving the listener here. If I've got to record yeah. every single one of these in my in my can, I'm going to record every single one of these in my can for you, the listener. But what if you accidentally just like elbow the uh, the flusher? Like no, mid, no, I can't do that. I'm, I'm not. I'm, not, no, you're I'm, a I'm not coordinated. I don't. I mean, I don't. I mean, how many times have you been in a bathroom where you accidentally flush the toilet? You know, one of the automatic flushers in like a at a sheets notwithstanding. Yeah. You know. Oh man, what if I, what if I go down to like my local sheets and into their bathroom, and start to record from there? You know, I uh, I think you'd be disappointed. You know, their 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 acoustics just aren't what the acoustics are in this bathroom. So that's just all there is to it. So plus, you'd have other people coming in and stomping around and washing their hands and you know making whatever bathroom noises that they needed to make at that given moment. You know, so I uh, that, that reminds me of a story. I was gassing up at a sheets in Ohio earlier this year and I looked over and this lady was going to town on a jar of queso. Okay. Like just, she was drinking it, like (laughs) drinking the jar of queso, putting her hand in like she was Winnie the Pooh with a jar of honey, just scooping queso out, no chips, just going raw on this jar of queso. Uh, I wanted to throw up, and then I wept for society. Uh, she finished the whole jar as I was filling up my tank. Listen, you can't eat that shit while you're driving. So, I mean, like, it's probably safer for everyone that she went to yeah. town while the car was parked, at least. So, Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, well, believe it or not, that wasn't my rant on the couch. Uh, it's actually your turn, Steve. Yeah, all right. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be quick tonight because I do think we end up I think we have a pretty hefty episode to talk about, uh, or you know, uh, you know, hefty amount of in, uh, stuff we want to talk about on the docket this evening. So, like, um, if you're driving around and somebody does something nice to you, just wave and thank at them. You know, if you're driving around and you do something stupid and it messes with somebody else. Wave and apologize. You know, it's it's simple courtesy on the road. I, you know, I, I I think that Pittsburgh drivers are genuinely pretty courteous, but I'm noticing a little more resistance to just being a decent human being on the road in terms of you know if you, owning up to mistakes or thanking somebody else for something nice. It doesn't hurt. What is it? What does it hurt you to wave? Pick up your hand off the damn steering wheel for a second and wave like. Just, you know, just be nice. Just be decent. Somebody was nice to you, just be decent back, you know? So, 
That's, that, that's my rant for this week. So they're all going to be driving-based now that I'm back here. So and I'm just irritated by, you know, western Pennsylvania roads in general. So it's the, the baseball couch rants are done. Man, Steve, preach, brother. I, yeah. I have actually started to try to attempt to be a kinder driver either. I have to drive a lot for my job, uh, including on Route 51, which yeah. uh, eats away at my soul. Yeah. Every time I'm on it. Um, but I'm kind of with you. I'm trying to be a little bit nicer to people. And yeah, I'm trying, brother. Yeah. So. I, um, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not always the most pleasant person to encounter on the road. But like, you know, like I said, just there's, there's, there's the right time to be crappy. There's the wrong time to be crappy. So, and those are the, those are a couple of situations where you should just be decent. So, but yeah, it's, uh. It's been, it's been rough, so um, I, I won't go into the details of all my driving this evening, but, um, you know, because we got other <laughs> stuff to talk about. I, I will note, though, before we go any further, we are definitely in a much better mood than we were in last week. Well, and that leads us into the Pirates are coming off a sweep. Uh, that might be something to do th- with it. We're recording this on Thursday night, and the Pirates are coming off a sweep now, granted, it was a sweep of the Royals. So that's basically like saying, congratulations, you woke up today. It's like, yes, it's an accomplishment, but, you know, it's not really that big of an accomplishment. Um, it's kind of like to be expected. But, you know, a sweep is a sweep is a sweep. And the Pirates uh, had a couple pretty dominant starts mm-hmm. uh, that we may be talking about later on, yeah. Yeah, that so, is not yeah. the main topic of the show, but um, yeah, I, I think that that's gonna I think that's gonna crop up again later. Mm-hmm. So, what we wanted to talk about uh, as we are on the precipice of September here is what do the Pirates really have on the squad going forward? And we're call- calling this segment "Cornerstones and Complementary," and I thought we probably establish some ground rules first, Steve, and talk about what is a cornerstone piece and what's a complementary piece. So for me, a cornerstone is someone who's one of the best at their position and is at least in the mix or on the periphery for some type of major award. You're talking your MVPs, your Cy Youngs, you know, possibly your gold gloves if you want to go that way. Uh, But really for me, it's You know, if you're in the mix for an MVP or a Cy Young or, I don't know, is it even still called the Roll Aids Relief Man? Whatever the top reliever is. But And then a complimentary is still an important impact player, usually someone around two and a half to three war for a position player or starting pitcher, uh, or 0.7 to one war for a relief pitcher. So for me, when I think of a complimentary piece, Neil Walker is like the perfect yeah. example of this for me. I mean, that guy was like, book him for two and a half war every year. He's just going to be really steady, nothing flashy, but everything kind of, you know, you know what you got with him and then everything else you can sort of build around. So that's kind of like what we're talking about. So obviously in the previous good generation uh, iteration of the Pirates, we're talking cornerstones like McCutcheon and Cole. Cole. Yeah. Yeah, and complimentary, you know, obviously we could name a ton of people, but like I said, Neil Walker, uh, 
you know, those those types of uh, players, your your Lirianos of the world, things like that. So, for me, I'll start us off. I think on the current squad. Now let's kind of keep it current. Let's not dip into the minors or you know, like it, it's pretty easy to say Paul Skeens, but sure, you know, you and know. I'm going to say him, so but f- you can go ahead and not. Well, but yeah, yeah. You're, you 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 can be wrong. It's cool, but. Uh, or jumping the gun, however you want to say it. But that's for really, me, the, that's correct. The cornerstones are Mitch Keller and David Bednar. Those are cornerstone players for me because I think you're going to see Keller get some down ballot Cy Young votes this year, uh, especially for what, the way he started off. You're going to get a lot of love for his strikeouts and especially what he did kind of in the first half of the year. And I think Bednar speaks for himself. He's in my opinion, top five of all closers uh, in all of baseball, and top five might be selling them short. Uh, who do you, who do you have for cornerstones on this team? So I, I can't argue with you on Bednar. I think that's that's definitely the case. I think that Keller is going to get some some maybe some Cy Young love this year, but I don't think that's going to necessarily be something that I'm going to count on moving forward. I think he's a really good pitcher. I think again, I think he's a two three um, most of the time. Um, you know, you know, very good, excellent three. You know, um, yeah, actually, at this point, I mean, yeah, I'd say he's at, at least an average two. Um, but I mean, you're not going to get much in terms of, I, I, I see him more of as a complimentary piece, but, um, you know, so I, I do see Skeens as a cornerstone. I mean, and, and you, you're correct that I am jumping the gun on that, but, um, if he's not a cornerstone, the pirates are in serious trouble. So I, I'm okay jumping the gun because he, he may not already be a cornerstone, but he needs to be a cornerstone. Um, and I yeah, think that's, that's my logic way. behind that. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I see that. Yeah. So um, as far as the others, so I've got two others in the cornerstone. And, and I don't think this group is necessarily going to be winning any awards. Um, but I think that the catching tandem or however the Pirates play as far as catching, their, their catching makeup goes next year. I think that's going to be a really good setup. I, I think there's a chance that they're going to be, um, you know, top five catching club in baseball next season. Uh, and, and I mean, obviously most of that's built around any Rodriguez, but I'm not even really talking about um, Henry Davis all of a sudden being allowed to play there. Uh, I'm, I'm actually talking about Jason DeLay. As a, I think at this point, it's safe to say that he's a very, very good backup um, in the sense that he can hit a little bit. And he can also, he's also excellent defensively. So he's not a guy that you mind trotting out there every third day. I mean, in fact, it's, it's, it's really a strength compared to other teams. I think he could, he could probably go to a lot of teams and be a number one at this point, um, more of a go-to catcher. So I, I think that's a, that's, it's good depth between those two, um, you know, and, and I think between them, you could, I could easily see them being a four, four and a half war um, tandem and, and, you know, or the, the Pirates getting four, four and a half wins from that position. And that would put them right around the top five mark this season. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, I, again, they're not going to, nobody's going to win any awards there, but that's going to be a position of strength next year and really one that's going to keep this team 
Um, you know, if, if, if they're going to become competitive, this is going to be a foundation for them. But I think we also need Cruz to be a, a cornerstone as well. Like, um, Skeens is going to be the bat, um, crew, or maybe, excuse me, Skeens is going to be the, the cornerstone in the rotation. Cruz is going to have to be the cornerstone in, in the lineup. If, if they're not, I, I don't see a logical other guy uh, to step into those roles, so I think it's it's not necessarily it's not necessarily about what they are currently. It's it's legitimately what they have to be. Well, let me let me kind of counterpoint Cruz there. Okay, we just have we just have no idea what he is. No, right. He's he's more of a of a concept. He's a <laughs> he's yeah. a he's a working theory. Sure, and. There's a wide range between being a major league bust, which I do not believe he will be, no. and a, a cornerstone, which is someone who, like I said, is in the mix for an MVP award of, of some sort or, you know, on the fringe. Sure. He he could just be an average complimentary two to three war player. He could, yeah, for um, sure. And it's, you know... There's there's still a lot of questions about his strikeout rate. There's still questions of his long term viability at shortstop. I mean, he sure. needs he needs reps. Sure, you know. And uh, I I agree with you about Skeens, and I'm willing to uh, change my opinion on that one. But for me, Cruz is a complimentary piece at this point because I just don't know what he is. Yeah. Um, now, now for me on the, on the complimentary side, obviously I just talked about Cruz. Um, notice I did not have Reynolds in the cornerstone. I just think he's, I, I, I don't want to say that the 21 season was a fluke where he had six plus war and was garnering MVP votes. I'm not saying it's a fluke, but I just don't think he's that player. And there's some nuance in that. I think he's a very good player, but he's had more two to three war seasons than he's had more sure. six war seasons. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with being a three, three and a half war player. Um, it's not even like a money proposition because I really don't give a shit about Bob Nutting's money. It's just, just because you're the highest paid player doesn't mean you necessarily have to be the best player. But you got to be better than what he is this year. And it's okay as long as he's steady and dependable. Um, and then for me, uh, I like what you said about Rodriguez, but he's still, I'm kind of looking at it more on an individual basis. Sure. So for, for me, he, he and Davis are still in the complimentary side. Uh, I have, and I agree with that one hundred percent. Individually, he's complimentary. Um, yeah. You know, but like I said, when I when I scale the position, that's that's why I see that's why yep. I see them. So, uh, I'm actually going to say something quasi kind about Brian Hayes. I have him as a complimentary nice. piece. Uh, no, I'm not going to fall for it, Lucy, and mm-hmm. run up and k- kick that football just because Brian Hayes is having a hot couple weeks. Um. I acknowledge that he is obviously one of, if not the best, defensive third baseman. Um, but 
it's just not a player to me that's a cornerstone. And I guess maybe I'm just a tougher grader. Uh, and then I have three pitchers in the complimentary side. Uh, Johan Oviedo, uh, Dari Moretta, and Colin Holderman. Yes, two relievers, but those are guys that I think are going to be big pieces as set-up men, seventh-inning guys next year. Um, and Oviedo, for me, and I don't know if you want to talk about this either, uh, I was looking at some, trying to find some comp- uh, some deals that are in his his range of service time and things like that, and stumbled on one that the Brewers signed Freddie Peralta to last, or excuse me, in 2020. They signed him to a five-year, $15 million deal. They bought out uh, essentially his his years of control, and I think they got an option for his first free agent year. I would bump that up to like a 517 and see if Oviedo bites on it. Now, Oviedo did kind of cash in on his signing bonus. He got allegedly $1.9 million from the Cardinals, but I'd still see if he was game for a 5 for 17 uh, deal, see what he says, you know. Yeah. So what do you have on, on the complimentary side? Yeah, I think I think we pretty much mirrored um, with each other. I, I don't necessarily have Moretta in there, um, you know, but I think everybody else is pretty well identical. Um, you know, nothing really – and honestly, nothing really exciting to add. I love the I, – I do like the idea of possibly, you know, locking Oviedo up for his um, – the, the rest of his team control plus – Possibly another year. Um, I think it's a great idea. Um, to me, though, Moretta is... I, I still want to see a little bit more from him before I'm going to say that he's um, absolutely the guy. Like, I think he's got the right mindset. I think he has a funky, unique um, delivery in terms of... Like, I mean, he's got a funky, unique pitch that's hard for hitters to pick up on, especially in in a relief role in, in, in terms of his, like gyro slider or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I just want to see a little bit more time with him. You know, uh, yep. I, I do think that he's, he's a guy that could go either way. He could be either be a complimentary player um, or he could be uh, just a guy, you know, I, I think he's a guy yep. at this point, you know, um, and you need guys, you know, but you need complimentary guys, you know, you know, I, I mean, complimentary guys are what makes you actually competitive. Um, stars are nice and everything like that, but having a depth and roundness to your complimentary cast, you know, that's, that's, what's really important. I think I've got a, I've got a few other guys that I think could go either way. I think Sawinski could go either way. Um, I don't think he's, I, 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 I don't think he's an everyday center fielder at this point. Um, but he can be the heavy side of a, a, a of a center field platoon, um, and I think that he could be good enough in that role that I think he could work his way into a, a complimentary role. Uh, it doesn't always happen for platoon guys, but I think it's possible for him. He's the, just that good um, when he's on. Uh, I think Selby and Mladzinski, I think it both work into that pen role. I think there's a lot of depth in the pen in the system right now. Um, and I think the two of them have a lot of upside that we're just starting to see. Um, 
And Leover Pagero, I think he's a possibility there too. And uh, Ortiz as well, uh, Luis Ortiz. I have him more in the the bullpen role as well too. But I, I could have dipped. So the the could go either way, guys. I I could have dipped in the deeper into the farm system there as well too. Uh, but I I chose not to do there that. But you know we're at least looking at some guys that I think are um, that have at least made their debuts this year. But. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think you could even put Nick Gonzalez in there, too. I, I know that you probably won't, but I, I think that he's uh, he's an interesting enough player for me at this point, too. I, I still think that there's some there's some talent in that bat if he can figure some things out. Yeah. So, uh, in contrast to our very dark and gloomy past couple weeks that we've had, uh, we thought we would celebrate some things that have actually happened in this, admittedly, subpar season. Um, Steve, where would you like to start on things worth celebrating? So, um, I, I don't think enough people are talking about this. I, I haven't seen it in too many places, but, um, Mitch Keller's closing in on 200 K's this year. Um, and I mean that, that number may not have meant as much as it once did, but that wouldn't make him, I believe if my uh, immaculate grid memory from a couple of weeks ago is, uh, is, is holding up, but uh, I believe that would make him the seventh pitcher, uh, Pirates pitcher of all time to, to record 200 Ks uh, in a season. So that's a big deal. Like, I mean, that's something that's very much worth celebrating, even in a down season. So, um, you know, let's, you know, kudos to Keller. I think he's been, um, uh, I, I think he's been terrific this season and certainly a bright spot, you know, f- almost from the beginning of the, the year. Yeah, if you were to uh, just kind of give him twenty four more, or yeah, twenty four more strikeouts, he would nestle in between twenty fifteen Liriano mm-hmm. and twenty twenty fifteen Cole. Okay, uh, with with the um, with the single season strikeouts at like right around. Uh, hang on, let me do some. Quick gorilla math here live. He would have two hundred and three strikeouts, okay. and that would put that would put him if he had that number eighth all time for single season since integration yeah. since Jackie Robinson, and that's uh, that's kind of cool. And nestling in between twenty fifteen Liriano and Cole is probably right around. Sounds pretty pretty fair for the kind of season that he's had. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that really does nicely to sum it up, you know, um, in, in terms of just how good he's been this year. Yeah. Um, what else you got? Um, so I think, um, you know, Bednar, uh, Bednar really has truly entered the elites as far as relief pitchers go. We talk about him enough, so I'm, I'm not going to like wax on it, you know, too much longer here. But I mean, he's he's just he's he's top notch. I mean, there's really no disputing at this point. Um, you know, I'd I'd love to see him extend with the Pirates, not because I really like relief pitchers to get extensions, but I would love to sort of see him extend just because I think again, uh, you know, it, it would be nice to see he he would evolve into an all time great Pirates relief pitcher if he stayed here. For another seven or eight years, uh, you know, theoretically, um, 
you know, I mean, I, obviously relief pitchers can go badly very, very quickly. Um, but if he, if he was a Pirates lifer, I mean, he, I, I think he would have a chance uh, to be a, a Pirates all-timer as well. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's looking real, real bright as far as the closer role goes. And it's really still something I don't have to think much about. So, yeah, I mean, just going by F4, Bednar has two F4, um, which by my goat math, I always triple a reliever's war. So that'll give him six war as a starter, which is ace level. And he is currently second in the majors behind only Felix Bautista, who is having an all-time reliever season and putting up 2.8 war. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, David Benar is is definitely a guy. And I, I, I want to extend him, and I want the Pirates to extend him, because it would show that they're serious about 2024. They've They've talked about 2024 as being the year they have to compete. I think they have to compete in order for uh, Ben Sherrington and, to a lesser extent, Derek Shelton to keep their jobs. I think both of those guys are going to be coming back next year, uh, regardless, just because of sunk cost fallacy, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. But I truly believe that if they aren't making some noise, and maybe it's playoffs or bust, uh, it could be the last year for both of those guys. So why in the world would you be looking to trade Bednar in the off season? I'd rather like to see them lock him into a, I've said it many times, an Emmanuel Clase from the Guardians style of extension. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think Bednar's yeah. going to get traded at this point. I mean, he might as he gets a little closer to free agency if he doesn't sign an extension. And, and, and honestly, if he's not going to sign an extension, I'm fine with them trading him, especially if they have another, you know, uh, maybe not quite to his level, but a very good uh, late-inning relief pitcher to, like, uh, replace him with. But, yeah, not right now. So, but anyway, all right. The next item that so, I have – oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just kidding. The last one on the on the docket, we just want to talk about uh, pitching in the system right now. Yeah, so I mean, so all of these have been pitching related uh, to this point, but um, yeah, things are going very, very, very well um, as far as um, you know pitching in the system goes. Uh, Pirates have a highly rated system, mostly because of Paul Skeens. At this point, I think they're number one on Fangraphs overall. Um, until ND graduates, and I think they've got him number two on MLB Pipeline. But, uh, I mean, a lot of that is built on where they're at with with pitching. You know, whether it's Jones, Solomedo, I know you're, again, you're not that interested, but Chandler, you know, you've got Harrington. All of those guys are really sort of buffering what looks to be a deep crop of starting pitching prospects. Priester is still included in that group as well, too. Um, a deep group of starting pitching prospects that, that is really, um, you know, um, uh, floating the system at this point and, and making it really look good. And, and the Pirates are getting closer to where they're going to have to start making some tough decisions if some of these guys start working out. You know, who's going to get traded? Um, who's going to, you know, move into a bullpen role? I, I mean, it, it, it would be great if that were the case. You know, it's not the only position. You know, they're going to have some tough decisions at catcher as well, too. But, um, you know, I, I think we're finally getting close to the point where, um, 
you know, hopefully some of these guys start to really work out from the jump and, and it sort of forces the Pirates' hand into to making some, um, some maybe moves that they don't necessarily want to have to make, just that they have to just to, to, to keep the roster numbers. And, and the innings, you know, uh, the innings usage to, to where it needs to be to keep everybody happy, too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I, you know, as, as miserable as the season has been, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, there's still going to there's still a real chance that they're going to have double digit win improvement year over year. And that doesn't look or feel great based on how they started the season out. But I mean, it's still progress. I mean, at the end of the day. Well, as I said, we're on the precipice of September. Tomorrow is September 1st, uh, from where we are, of course. So rosters expand, but it's different in this new age. Rosters expand from 26 to 28, uh, and there's a max that you can have on pitchers. So realistically, you might be looking at one hitter and one pitcher uh, coming up from the minors. So just, you know, your thoughts on who could be the hitter and who could be the pitcher coming up from the minors. I think my choices are probably going to be pretty boring. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, yep. um, well, thanks. I really, uh, yeah. I, I appreciate that yes. you think my opinion's boring, but, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, just I, I think expectations. Yeah. Let's keep them low. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think Ronzi's probably, I think Ronzi's going to probably come up. I mean, uh, controls look better in, you know, limited AAA starts so far. Um, and, and I realized something today that is, um, you know, is, is going to be, a, you know, probably a tough decision the Pirates are going to have to make out of spring training next year. And that is that Ronzi's out of options um, heading into next season. So if he doesn't make the team out of spring training, um, you know, he's, he's going to possibly be, uh, he's going to have to be DFA'd, you know, um, you know, and, and he's going to leave himself open to, uh, to, to, to other teams poaching him potentially. So I don't know if the Pirates are going to like that. So, um, you know, so I, I think he's, uh, I think he's looking a little bit better. Um, you know, he's still not quite there, but you know, he's got a, you know, I mean, the, he needs some additional innings this season anyway, so might as well get him some reps in the majors. The Pirates need some, uh, uh, the Pirates need somebody to eat innings as well too. Um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say Ronzi as the, as the, yeah. the, the, the pitcher. I, I agree with you, but just to be a little bit contrarian, I'm going to go with Malajinski, okay. um, working his way back from an injury. Uh, he was being very solid up until that point, and I could see them kind of continuing the, the the bullpenning, so to speak, that we've seen quite a bit of. Sure. Uh, having him eat two to three innings maybe at a time in some starts, so just... For difference sake, I'll say Majinski. Yeah, see, I side. still want I still want Majinski back, but I just want Hatch gone. So, like, that's that's a fine, like, yes. you know, <laughs> we'll get rid of, you know, I'm, I I think he'll be back, but not necessarily as they as the September call up. So, yeah, who do you got as your hitter? Uh this one is a little bit trickier, um, but I will, I guess, go with Nick Gonzalez. Okay. Uh, there weren't really a ton of names that stood out 
for me. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll just say Gonzalez just to kind of get some, another set of reps, another couple looks before maybe they send him off somewhere in the fall to get some, some reps in a winter league. Sure. Sure. Um, I'm going to go, um, I'm, I'm, I, I try to, I really want to go off the reservation on this one, but I, I kind of, I don't think that I can, I was going to say Malcolm Nunez, but, uh, that's, that's just too far afield at this point. Um, he's, he's hit well, he might actually be hurt again for all I know. Um, I'm going to go with, I, I, just to be different, I'm going to go with Jared Triolo, uh, just because of the versatility that he brings as far as different positions go. Um, you know, and, and, and really he, there's no reason why he should be down in the minors at this point. Anyway, I, I'd, I'd much rather see him if they're going to spell, um, key Brian Hayes, I would much rather see him in there than, uh, than Capra. So, um, you know, Vinny Capra. So I, I, I mean, I would say Triolo, but that might also be another similar situation to you with Mladzinski where Capra could just get DFA'd for all I care. And, um, you know, and Triolo slides in there, Nick Gonzalez slides in, uh, you know, it'd be nice if they had a left-handed bat though, for the infield. I'm, I'm blanking on any of those other than Tukapita and obviously he's injured. So, um, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe Cruz, you know, that maybe that'll, he'll, he'll get healthy and, no, it's not happening. Yeah. Well, I think that ship has sailed for 2023, but, uh, well, yeah, so we got some stuff to look, got some stuff to look forward to in September. Um, I'd like to think that the pirates could schedule the Royals 25 more times in September, but I don't think that's the case. Uh, but the pirates have done pretty well against the Cardinals this year. And that's who we have, uh, for this weekend. So, yeah. I'd like to see them continue that uh, continue that train a little bit. Keep dominating the other, you know. So, you've any other thoughts before we sign off for the week? No, no, I think I'm good. So, well, thanks for uh, setting up shop in the bathroom tonight. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, whatever it takes. Okay, and thank you very much for listening. Uh, once again, this is Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Thanks. Bye.